Hi, I'm Renee Crandall, and you're listening to the Wake Up Your Life podcast, a personal development podcast for women where we'll discuss how to live intentionally today and every day. I want to be a better version of myself this year than I was last year, five years from now versus five years ago, and I want to encourage you in that same journey. I hope my words each week leave you feeling inspired and empowered to wake up your life and go after who you truly desire to be. I'm in this with you to coach you and cheer you on. I believe in you. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of the podcast. I am so grateful you are here listening. Your support means so much to me. I'm currently drinking a cup of decaf coffee. And for those of you who are curious, because I'm one of those who's curious to know what kind of coffee are you drinking? What do you like? What'd you make? I will tell you what I do. Well, I will tell you a hack, something that I did not realize until my 28th year of life. That's how long it took me to realize that caramel is basically just brown sugar. And I love caramel lattes. So I, for a long time, was trying to figure out how can I get the right caramel syrup, but I didn't want something with a bunch of additives in it or high fructose corn syrup. And I was trying to search and figure out like what caramel flavoring is actually going to taste good in coffee. And then I realized, well, I love the taste of brown sugar. So let me just try that in my coffee. It tastes the same. Brown sugar, caramel is made by brown sugar and butter and heavy cream. So the brown sugar presents that same caramel taste in anything and specifically in coffee. So With that knowledge, I add a little bit of brown sugar, one decaf Nespresso pod of a shot of espresso. I had to think about that sentence because I was saying Nespresso and espresso, and I didn't want to mix that up. And then I do a little bit of frothed milk, and that is it. And it's so good. So that is what I'm having. And if you want an easy hack for your caramel lattes at home, just put a little bit of brown sugar in there, mix it in with the espresso shot, and you're going to be good to go, and you're going to love it. So that's what I have right now as I'm sitting recording this podcast. I don't know what it is, but having a cup of coffee while I'm recording these episodes makes me feel more like I'm sitting across from you talking about life while we're at coffee. So I've started doing that. And I don't know, maybe I'll change it to iced coffees here if the weather ever gets warmer. But I will say, update on the weather, the snow is gone. Let's just take a moment and appreciate all the goodness of that sentence. Spring is happening, you guys. It is here. It is showing up. Winter is out. Winter's old news. I am ready to chat with you guys today. I hope hope you're having a great week. I know it's only Tuesday. But I hope that your Monday was great and your Tuesday so far is going really good. So today's topic is way more faith-based. I'll put that caveat out there. Some of you will probably love to listen to it because of that reason. Others of you, you might not resonate with it as much, but I still think that it could be encouraging or just kind of share a perspective on a topic that comes up a lot in regards to people's relationships with Jesus, talk about it a lot in the church, and it's something I care a lot about, and I just wanted to share some 
of my perspective and kind of shed some light on the topic because honestly, this podcast episode came out of a conversation I was having with some of my friends and we were talking about spending time with God and what hinders us from spending time with him, how should quote unquote a quiet time look, how should we feel when we have one, just all of the nuances of what it looks like to spend time with God and how we feel when we do that and why. Why do we do it? What is the point of spending time with Jesus every day or a few times a week or whenever you have a moment, but building the consistency of why does it matter and unpacking that idea was really interesting because while I've thought about it a lot, actually dialoguing about that topic with individuals that know the importance of it when it comes to our individual relationships with Jesus, but also knows that it is something that God encourages us to do just made me think about it a little bit different. And so that's what I want to talk about today is just my thoughts around it. I have a very, very loose outline (laughs) of this episode. And I have three different things as to why I value and prioritize spending time with Jesus. While I have those three things written down in my outline, we'll see how organized this is because I may come up with things as I talk about it, which is 90% of the time how these podcasts go. Most of it is extemporaneous, but I do have somewhat of an outline to keep me on track. So I hope that regardless, it's helpful to just hear a different perspective maybe that you've heard before or think about the time you spend with Jesus and really analyze why do you do it? That I think is like the simple question that I'm asking you today is if you spend time with Jesus, why do you do it? And if you don't, why don't you? And really peeling back the layers to understand the reasoning to those two questions. Because I think for some of us, the answers can be either very, very deep and personal or very surface level. And what I mean by that is for some of us, the reason why we spend time with Jesus every day or every week or whatever our cadence is, is because we feel like we have to, right? There's so many connotations of you have to do this and that's why you do it. And whether you want to or not, just suck it up, do it each day, read your verses, write down your takeaways and move on with your day. But you have to do it this way. That is the most oppressive and shame-filled way to approach time with Jesus I think there is, to be honest. And I'm coming from a place of I used to approach it that way. I used to view... Spending time with Jesus through the perspective of this is something I have to do in order to be, quote unquote, a good Christian or loved by God or growing in my relationship with Christ. I'm putting air quotes around all of those things. And the truth of the matter is that is absolutely not the reason why Jesus encourages us to spend time with him every day. That is not the reason why God encourages us to read scripture. We don't have to do anything for God, honestly. He's not forcing us or bullying us or manipulating us to do anything. He wants to use us. He doesn't need to. And I don't know if that's necessarily encouraging to you or not, but it's encouraging to me because when I realized that there's certain things in my life that I'm feeling the prompting of the Holy Spirit to do, When I take a step back and think about God wants to use me in this certain area of life, God wants to grow me 
to impact the world or my relationships or my marriage or whatever it is in this specific way. His desire is for me to be filled with that purpose that he's put inside of me. But a lot of these foundational elements of God's character in regards to his view of how he sees us is because he wants us. He wants a relationship with us. He wants to communicate with us. He wants to use us. He wants to fill us with purpose. So when we do things in our life through the lens of, oh my gosh, God is choosing me. God wants to spend this time with me. God wants to communicate with me. This is me putting myself in a posture to receive from God. It changes our perspective on really everything when it comes to our relationship with him. Because instead of viewing it as these are all the things I have to do for God because he needs me to do this, that's super discouraging, first of all, because you're not going to be able to keep up with that demand. But also, if you're viewing it from the lens of everything you have to do for God, where's your posture to receive everything he wants to pour over you? You're just this hamster on a wheel thinking, I'm doing all these things. I'm doing all these things. Why isn't anything changing? And God's looking at you lovingly saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Like you're making this so hard. You're making this relationship so draining. You're making these expectations so heavy. My burden is easy and my yoke is light. He wants to coach you and train you to carry life and your relationship with him in a way that it's life-giving to you in a way that's sustainable. Viewing your time with him in the morning as a long checklist of things you have to do is not going to be life-giving to you ever. Yeah, you might have some days where you're like, oh my gosh, this verse was encouraging and this gave me clarity on a specific situation in my life. But what about the days where you don't get anything from reading your Bible and you don't have all those feel-good emotions of this was so impactful and Wow, I love God more after reading these verses. What happens then? Do you stop? What if weeks go on and you aren't feeling those same emotions? The sustaining coming from I have to do this is going to burn out. And so what I'm wanting to get you to understand, and this is what I shared with one of my friends that night as we were talking about this idea of Spending time with Jesus and why do we do it? We don't have to. We get to. That language is something I learned from Jess Connolly, an author that I adore. And she was talking about that years ago in the lens of prayer, worship, scripture reading, being a part of a church. All those different things that we associate, unfortunately, based on our upbringings and our background, we associate with being a good Christian and a good follower of Jesus and growing on our relationship with Christ. But those aren't things that we have to do. Those aren't things that God is looking at us and saying, if you do this, I love you more. And if you don't, I love you less. God has told us that he can't love us any more than he already does and he can't love us any less than he already does. So anything we do for God, whether it's spending time with him in the morning or talking to someone about Jesus or showing up to work and doing amazing work with integrity, none of that is to earn points. None of that is to earn credit. None of that is to earn God's love. My goodness, no. We already have 
all of God's love poured over us. And he's looking at us with delight and adoration and passion and enthusiasm and eagerness to pursue us. So whether it's something that you've been thinking about your entire life based on what the church has told you, or something that maybe you've had as a fleeting moment and wondered, is that actually true? Is this some point system? Is this making me in better standing with God? If I do all these things, is he more likely going to say yes to my prayer? It's not how it works. Everything we're doing, we get to do as a response to who God is in our life and to receive more of him. So we worship God as a way of saying thank you for everything he's given you or the way he's shown up or the way he's answered your prayers. We worship to receive more of his power in our circumstances, to tap into the divine power of God into our finite, fragile state of life. Think about that for a moment. We get to pray to God. We don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to pray and you don't have to read your Bible and you don't have to bring one person to Christ for God to love you more than he already does. So sit in that grace for a moment if you need to. But when you understand the power that comes from realizing we get to pray to God, the God who created the universe, the God who tells the oceans where to stop, the God who tells the stars where to hang in the sky, the God that actually creates life. We get to pray to that powerful of a God and invite him into our circumstances to change us, to change our circumstances, to bring miracles, to pour out abundance, to pour out a blessing, to pour out wisdom and clarity and guidance and light. That should move you to understand what God is wanting to give you by just asking him. And by experiencing more of that intentional relationship with him of saying, I know your power is so great and I want it in my life. I want it in my circumstance. I know your wisdom is so extravagant and deep and wide. I want more of that in the way I view my life. So it's realizing I don't have to pray, but I get to. And here's what I get access to when I do. So the perspective of you don't have to spend time with Jesus every day. You don't have to read scripture, but you get to. That changed it for me quite a bit. And it made me realize there's truth, there's wisdom, there's comfort, there's reassurance, there's proof of history that God desires to show me. That's what scripture is. It, there's so many layers and nuances of how it can speak to your life and the way God uses it and the way it reshapes your thinking and all of those things. So the experience of I get to read scripture, I get to hear from God, whether it's in these words or him speaking into my heart or my mind or through other people or whatever it is, it's an experience of realizing God provided those words for you. Do with them what you want. Read one verse, the same verse every single day for seven days straight and nothing more. And then you pick a different verse for the next week, every single day, or read for a full hour, 
three times a week or once a week or whatever. There's no right or wrong here. That's what I want to tell you is that whether you're giving God a minute or 15 or an hour, he delights over that and he will use that in your life. And I think it was Levi Lesko, maybe, I'm not sure who, but I heard the analogy of, you know, when you're at the beach and you dig a hole in the sand and then the water comes and fills up the hole and then washes back out to the sea. Well, the same is true of this the space and the capacity that we allow God into our life. So if you give him five minutes, he will fill that five minutes and multiply it. If you give him an hour or multiple minutes throughout the day in prayer or thought on who he is and how he's shown up in your life and just kind of thinking about all of this space that you're allowing and inviting God to show up into your life, he will fill no matter how big, no matter how small he will show up and he will use that space and also multiply it. I mean, God's a miracle worker. So if you give him five minutes, it can start to feel like you spent 30 minutes with him because that's how big his spirit is within you. And that's what he can bring out. No, not necessarily every time will you feel that, but There's just so much that's possible in whatever amount of time you want to give them, similar to the space you create in the sand, the water will fill. No matter how big or how small, the water will pour into it. So that being said, realizing that there's that get to and that there's the abundance and the blessing and the truth and the reassurance and the growth and the reshaping that happens on the other side and in the process of spending time with Jesus, that shaped how then I now approach it. And after I would say I'm probably at around a year, close to a year of really having a consistent habit, and I've talked about this before in other episodes, but really having a consistent habit of reading my Bible every morning, writing out my prayers, writing out my blessings, and just having that time with God, with my thoughts, with really that pulse check, that heart check every single morning of just how am I, where am I, how am I feeling, what am I needing? Doing that every day has been so grounding and I have absolutely felt and experienced and seen the difference of the impact of that now almost at a year. And What I've observed, though, is that my why has changed. And before I jump into that, I just want to say that going back to what I was saying, where there's no right or wrong way to have time with Jesus in the morning. For some, I just, I I really feel the need to make this clear because for me, I struggled with it for a long time where I would listen to a podcast or I'd listen to a sermon or I'd read a book and I'd read about someone's quiet time with God and think that has to be the exact blueprint of what I need to do in order for it to be a valuable, I guess, time with God or something that he would be happy about. We're all created so uniquely. We all communicate and receive information in different ways and things resonate with us at different times of the day. And what I want to tell you is have grace for yourself when it comes to establishing this rhythm and this time with Jesus each day or throughout the week. It's not so much about having a strict regimen that you follow every single day. If that's life-giving for you, do it. It's life-giving for me to have the same routine every single morning that I do with Jesus and through journaling. I love that. I love that structure and that consistency, but we're all different. 
For some of you, it might be you're going to go on a 10-minute prayer walk twice a week in the morning where you don't take your phone, you don't take anything like a notebook or anything, and you just walk in silence and you pray in your head or out loud, and that's what you do, and that's going to be your time with the Lord. And then maybe you read one verse at the end of it, or you start off with scripture, or you listen to the Bible. There's an audio Bible app called Dwell. I'm pretty sure it's called Dwell. I used to use it. It's literally the Bible audio version and there's totally normal voices in there. They aren't all super stoic or anything. It's casual reading and it just sounds really good to hear scripture spoken over you like that. So maybe you listen to the Bible. Maybe you journal and read the Bible at night. Maybe you worship to worship music in your house and then you read a verse. Whatever it is, just start with what sounds fun and what sounds life-giving and just see what happens. But don't use my example of what my quiet time looks like or someone else's as the blueprint of what it has to look like for you. It's going to be different for each of us, but my encouragement is consistency. Definitely create consistency. No matter how small of amount of time you can give or how few days a week you want to set aside, just keep it consistent because that has impacted me is the consistency piece. And then the other thing is include scripture. Prayer is amazing. Worship is amazing. But scripture is just going to give you the sounding board of truth and affirmation and guidance and wisdom that we all need. So again, if it's one verse, if it's three chapters, whatever it is, just include scripture in that process within the consistency and however much time you're setting aside. But those are my two things that I would encourage you in. Don't look at other people's life as a blueprint to have to do it the exact same way. Pick and choose. Do what feels good and what is enjoyable and what brings you closer to experiencing the presence of God. That is the purpose, is experiencing the presence of God, creating that consistency, and allowing his scripture to shape the way you view yourself, the world, him, your circumstances, whatever it is. So what I wanted to share was how my why has changed. And what I've realized over the past year is that, of course, there was the shift when I thought about, I get to do this. I don't have to do this. But my why has become much more personal and much deeper because, like I said, there's days where I'll journal and write out my blessings and read my scripture and it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily, I guess for lack of better terms, it doesn't create a feeling. Like I, I don't have this, oh my gosh, like this was such the clarity that I needed and I feel so encouraged and affirmed and wow, this passage was just incredible. I absolutely do receive that certain times, but not every day. So I wanted to challenge myself to really think about, okay, Renee, like why are you doing this? What is the point of this? Because I am a very emotional person. So for a long time, I would justify or I would think about my time with the Lord, the like the the feelings it would create would then dictate how good, quote unquote, of a time with the Lord that was. And that's just not, that's not biblical. It's not based on truth. That's something that society, the church culture has told us that in order for it to be meaningful, you have to have some amazing feeling or aha or epiphany come from it. And that's just not, that's not going to happen every day, but it doesn't mean there isn't value in it. So what I've thought about is really kind of evaluating how has this affected me 
And why do I believe so passionately on spending that time with the Lord every morning? And it really has come down to the fact that it's a way that I fight. It's a way that I fight stress, that I fight the chaos in my mind. It's a way that I fight to protect myself from myself and some of that critical, negative self-talk, perspective on life, whatever it may be. It's a way that I protect myself from the enemy. It's a way that I protect myself from the confusion in this world. There's so much in regards to the element of protection that that has reshaped why I do it and why I am so insistent to myself to do it every day because I've seen the difference. And when I view it less of a, this is time I'm spending reading scripture and looking for something to get out of it and view it more as this is what I'm doing to protect my mind and to fight for what's true before I let any other thoughts infiltrate my day. There's a deeper, richer power behind it because it's this force that I can't see that I believe surrounds me when I do that, when I read scripture, when I spend time with the Lord. It's something just very encouraging and comforting and to experience, to realize even if I read this scripture today or journal and I don't walk away with anything that's radical or life-changing, I'm walking away protected because God's truth has filled my mind. His words are filling my heart. They're reshaping the way I view myself and the world, even if I'm not conscious of it. And here's what I find so fascinating about the concept of knowing how our brains work. And even as I've talked about in other podcast episodes, the act of writing down those affirmations of truth over yourself, that you are loved, you live out of a place of freedom, you are beautiful, inspiration comes easily to you. What all those different affirmations that I touched on last week, I think it's interesting the fact that there's so much power that comes from saying those things over ourselves, even when we don't believe it, but that as we continue to say them over ourselves, that we start to believe it because our brain is making that connection of, well, she keeps saying this, so she must think it's true. And there's power in that affirmation in the way it's reshaping your brain and how you view yourself and how you view the world. Well, the same thing is happening through scripture. When you read those words of what God says about you and what God says about himself and what he says about your circumstances and what he says about his power and his love for you and the purpose he's created you for, all of those things as you read them over and over and over again, day after day, you're going to start to believe it. And that's what I've found to be true for me is not only is time with Jesus and reading scripture a way that I'm protecting my mind from the different attacks that can happen within my own brain to myself, but also as a protection from the attacks of the enemy that there's really just kind of this wall that goes up that says, well, I'm protected. Like the Lord's got me. I'm reading his word. I'm reading his truth. I'm beginning to believe it subconsciously and consciously that there's this evolvement and this change in the actual way you start to view yourself, how you view the world, how you view your situation and how you view God. So that's the greater vision of my why is I do this every day as a way to fight for protection for my mind because nothing else in the world is going to protect my mind and my thoughts like scripture does. 
And it, I'm not saying that every single verse is going to resonate with you. I'm reading through First and Second Chronicles right now, and there's a lot of genealogies. And there's also a lot of fascinating things I learned about genealogy, but that's besides the point. But there's a lot of genealogies, and so it's harder for me to have like a takeaway from the scripture or feel like I'm connecting to it in some way. But there's this simple act of belief of I have read scripture, and I get to experience this moment in God's word reading his truth, reading about my ancestry in the faith, reading about the mothers and fathers of my faith and what they've gone through and what the history was that shaped them and shaped Christianity and scripture into what it is, that just the experience of it, I believe, and this is my why, and it's different for all of us, but I believe that just reading it, whether it's something I fully understand or whether it's something that gives me all the warm fuzzies, I believe that God uses the, those words that I read as protection over me. And that's very much in the spiritual realm. It's not something that I can see, but I believe it's happening because I've experienced more and more freedom in my life in regards to I feel a lot less attacked by the enemy over the past several months than I have before. Not saying that those attacks don't happen, not saying that those thoughts don't infiltrate my mind still. But I'm not as passive when it comes to it. It's easier for me to be like, that's a lie, and I'm not going to believe it. And so it's becoming more natural and more subconscious for me to not receive some of those inputs, whether it's from the enemy, whether it's from culture, whether it's from myself, all of those different variables. I just view the experience of reading scripture as, as God saying, I'm protecting her. And there's going to be this shield that goes up around her, and things just aren't going to affect her the same. So that has dramatically impacted my why and why every morning I'm like, I want to do this so that I'm prepared and protected for today. And it's so life-giving and it's been so impactful to view it that way because it's less, what am I going to get out of scripture today? And more of God, you're going to do something within my mind and my life and my heart and my soul that I can't see, but you're going to do something simply by just spending time with you and reading your word and prayer and all those things. He's going to do something with it. It's, it's again, the the hole in the sand on the beach. He's going to fill it. And that is one aspect that has been so impactful. And I said I had three points, but I've already used up the full time. So I've talked about the other ones of the consistency of it and how it can be very grounding and create some sense of structure for your soul and your mind to have a place to process how you feel and just have those regular check-ins with yourself. And then, like I said, the protection and the comfort of just knowing that God's doing things within my life that I can't necessarily see, but that I know happen when I experience the power of his word. And the third thing that I had listed down was it's my source of truth. In a world where a lot of people claim my truth, quote unquote, all those things, I wholeheartedly disagree with that because in order for truth to be true, it has to be objective. And I think that the comment of my truth is just individuals labeling their feelings as truth so people can't argue with them. So being able to go to a source every day that is actually true with a capital T is very comforting and very reassuring because there's a lot of quote unquote truth being thrown at us on a very regular basis in our culture. And I want to have that true north of, okay, but what does God say about this? And I let that be my guide and my marker instead of letting culture decide what it is because God is God, and I want to know 
his purpose and his design and his desire for what he's created. So having scripture be the reassurance in my mind of, okay, even if this part of the world or a culture feels really, really loud, they aren't defining what's true. God's word still stands above it. And that constant reminder day in and day out is just encouraging and reassuring, especially on those days or those weeks where culture does get loud and things start to feel confusing and it's just harder to know what is true. But scripture to me is the truest thing. God's word is the ultimate truth. And those reasons and all the other things that I shared today is why I believe in the power of spending time with Jesus whenever you can, every single day, multiple times a week, once a week, whatever you can give him, he'll fill that space. He'll multiply it. He'll use it. He'll pour out his abundance and his blessing over you through it. And if it becomes a regular practice in your life, I promise you that your life will never be the same in all the best ways. It's become such a life-giving process to me and really taking the time to evaluate why do I do it and why do I care about it has been very encouraging. And so I ask you the same question. Why do you spend time with Jesus every day? And if you don't, why don't you? And those are very personal questions that will reveal a lot and will encourage you and inspire you and may also put you in a place to think about, is that how God wants you to view that time with him? And maybe he wants to start reshaping it with you. So I hope this was encouraging. I loved talking about it and just having the space to articulate why I find that time so valuable. And I know that this episode has ran long, so I am sorry for taking extra minutes, but I had a lot to say there in the beginning and that full intro and context and all the different things, there was just a lot that was filling my mind and I felt it was important to share. So Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it and that, yeah, you'll take some time to ask those questions and explore what the answers are to you personally. I hope you have a great rest of your week and that at some point this week, you spend one minute or five or 15 with God and just evaluate what that time feels like and what might be happening behind the scenes that you can't see, but that God's doing. 